All right, everybody, welcome to the 90th edition of the Holy Backboard Podcast. I am Dustin, here in Rip City, and I got my man, Sage, sitting right next to him, recording our second podcast in the same room. It's pretty crazy. And we have our OG member, Matt, in the building as well. Matt, welcome to the show. It's good to be back, guys. It really is. This (laughs) is our knee-jerk reaction Portland has just successfully won their 17th straight home opening victory. A gritty, ugly, grimy, oh. whatever you want to call it. it Gosh, got, it was so ugly. It got the job done. 103-93. Portland is now 3-1 and on the season. And Sage, I felt like the game was going to be close from the tip. But as soon as we saw Anthony Davis exit the game, not return, we saw the tweets. Woj said... He's having an MRI. He was out for the game. Portland's energy level completely dropped. And did they let the, did they take their foot off the gas? I think you, you have to say that they took their foot off the gas. I mean, when the best player on the court is out, good elite teams take advantage of that. You don't see the Spurs go half-ass on a team that's weak now. This game was good in the fact that it was a W, but it was a very annoying game for me to be a witness of it just it looked like it looked like the beginning of a lot of our seasons at least the last two years where we've just dropped a lot of games and the energy level just wasn't there and uh when the energy level seemed to pick up a little bit it just looked like guys were pressing too hard and making mistakes the flow of the game was just awful tonight there there was no flow of the game we would hit two shots and then get whistled for a tough foul or we would hit a couple of shots Boogie Cousins would return and just go to work because we had no answer for him down low. And it, it, there was just, you're right, there was just absolutely no flow to the game. And if I think it really played to the Pelicans' mm-hmm. um, strength because you're playing on Portland's home opening night. You want to ugly it up. That's your ticket to coming away victorious. Yeah, I mean, they were an injured team. The Pelicans now have six players out. They had two bigs, Boogie Cousins and Czech Diallo. And I guess if you want to say Dante Cunningham's big, you could say him. So if, if I was the coach of the team, and I know Terry Stotts knows more about basketball than I'll ever know, I would have attacked that front court of the Pelicans. I mean, look what Ed Davis did on the boards. And, I mean, he, he really carried us with his energy and just his tenacious play. And, you know, frankly, he looked pretty good on offense on a couple of those moves. Uh, went right to the basket, got those little hook shots, and he really carried us for a stretch. And when Ed Davis is the one that's carrying your team, uh, you know you might have a problem. Mm-hmm. Ed Davis was our saving grace. Yeah. And I was so frustrated that he kept getting jerked in and out of that lineup and like you said, Sage, Dante Cunningham was their starting four. You don't go small ball when Dante Cunningham is the four. You go big and you pound them down low. There should have been Swanigan, Nurkic, and Ed Davis. Those should have been the three forward centers. Yeah, and obviously Nurkic got picked up some fouls and whatnot, but the whole second half, I don't think he picked up another foul. But and- Myers Leonard came in and played well too, so I would have had no problem continuing his rotation. He actually defended Boogie well and made him be be honest on, on defense. I just don't think Aminu was right for this game. You watched down the stretch. 
He was calling for the ball because he was wide open. There was a reason he was wide open. Same thing with Evan Turner. We would have beautiful ball movement, but of course it would just end up in the hands of Turner or Aminu on the perimeter for a three, and that's exactly what defenses want Portland to do. That's what Milwaukee did. It took us completely out of our offensive flow, and the same thing happened tonight. This is one of the huge reasons we both wanted to keep Anthony Morrow on the roster. Teams are going to make these guys beat them from the perimeter, and if they can't do it, Portland's going to have a rough night. So Terry Stotts really needs to readjust, reevaluate his rotations because I don't think the current lineup that he has or the rotations are going to work long-term. Yes, we're three and one right now, but we are so lucky to escape with a victory. Yeah. And you look at, you know, Nurkic in the second half, you only have, have Boogie Cousins. And there was uh, a time when he, Cousins went out, Nurkic was in there and they ran zero plays for Nurkic, they ran a couple plays for him early when he was, you know, going up against Davis and and uh, and Cousins, and yeah, it's going to be it's a tough it's a tough ask. That's a pretty good defensive front. It's a big defensive front, but why not go back to Nurkic when he has the advantage? And that's one thing that I think you know as we're talking about this game, we feel like um, Stotts needs to do a better job of. And obviously, that's a fan's perspective watching from up above. But there's times when you're like. You know, maybe we should just try to attack this weekend weakness and and see if it works. You know, oh, it, you know, oh, well, Nurkic didn't take advantage of the with his size and whatnot. Okay, well, we go to something else, but we tried. Um, so I don't know. End game adjustments would be something that at least tonight it felt like weren't being made. It's true, and we all know a lot less about basketball, about the X's and O's and the strategy than Terry Stotts. I don't think anyone here is going to argue against that. However, we have both lived and breathed the game of basketball since we were little. We we are knowledgeable about the game. And if we can see that Anthony Davis and Boogie Cousins are out, you should be going inside. Every shot should be inside. I don't care if it's a guard, a, a perimeter player, or, or a big. Punish them down low. And I think Damon CJ kind of set the tone early by settling for a lot of tough contested threes especially dame and dame yeah. is my favorite athlete i love the guy so much but when you're one of 11 please don't pull up from three with some guy on your hip mm. that that's not the way to get out of your funk and i just don't think i don't know if it was the pressure of trying to continue that home winning streak i'm certainly hopeful it was but that's not the team we saw through the first three road games yeah. i just think that when Caleb Swanigan, who everyone says is a post-scorer, is matched up against Darius Miller, a 6'7 small forward who's only a shooter, pretty finesse, it is a detriment to the team not abusing them. They only had, there were six players out, so the roster was really thin. If you don't abuse smaller players, get them into foul trouble, forcing the rotations to be even more small, we were lucky to be escape from that from that game with a victory. Because in my perfect world, we'd abuse Boogie Cousins, hopefully get him out. Just imagine how easy this game would be if Boogie Cousins was in foul trouble in the third quarter. I, I mean, you look at the shot distribution for Portland, and it's completely out of whack. Evan Turner's taking 12 shots. Nurkic only seven. That can't... Mm -hmm. He is our third best player, arguably our most important player. He has got... We've got to find a way to get him easier looks, and I thought we solved this problem against Milwaukee in the second half with the pick and rolls, but I don't know if he's still getting acclimated acclimated to playing at, at, a, at a lighter weight, but 
most of his shots were, were jumpers. Like, he, I want to see him post up. His first shot of the game was was a little baby hook, and I was like, okay, we've got good Nurk tonight. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, when the Pelicans sent the hard hedge every time on a pick and roll, it means there's either a small on Nurkic or nobody Nobody on at all. Because yeah. they were sending three. I'm going to say that a driving Nurkic is going to dunk it on a standing Drew Holiday or he'll on move, the Or he'll move the ball to the yeah. open wing, like, like like I saw him do in that game against Golden State in the in the playoffs during his return. Like, he couldn't, he didn't have a lot of mobility, but he's so smart and intelligent that he was finding the open the open wing. And that's one thing that I, I think he excelled at. One thing that just was probably one of the most impressive things, you know, our defense got better with him in, but he made shots with contact around the rim. Just the short little shots, but shots that you would expect guys to be bothered by, you know, a defender draped all over him. And and he would just use his body and uh, just kind of lean in and just lay up after lay up. And, and he'd hit those tough little short shots. I haven't seen him get any of those little mm. short shots. Even tough ones or easy ones, you know, either one. So, well, I, I think you can definitely blame the guards for not looking for him. Yeah. I mean, when there's a 7-foot, 300-pound Boogie cousin staring dead at you, Dame was doing Nurk any favors by not dishing him the ball on those pick-and-rolls. I think, overall, every player on the team was trying to make the perfect pass. Mm. And instead of just making the simple, easy read, we were throwing it into traffic trying to you know make the spectacular when just a simple pass would have gotten us an open look and that that felt the way the entire night so that's why i'm thinking they might be pressing and you know we'll see when they play against the clippers you know the clippers are one of a handful of undefeated teams um coming off an amazing victory tonight against the jazz by 18 points um the 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 play that was most irritating to me was uh Pick and roll with CJ and Davis. They were rolling, and then Caleb Swanigan would just follow the pick and roll. And in the middle of the paint, there was three Blazers, and all the Pelicans needed to do was send two Pelicans, and that those three were covered. And that happened at least four times in the third quarter. This, it was infuriating. The spacing in the entire night, I felt like, was off. I was mm-hmm. like, have you guys not played together uh you know this wasn't our, our season opener this was just our home opener we had three games under our belt to go along with six preseason games so it was a, a little concerning in that aspect i know a couple of different rotations got thrown out there but they all go against each other in practice you should know the plays so that was concerning and my last real big pain point terry Sots. you have to make adjustments when another team has a significant player who's not going to come back into the game in the Anthony mm-hmm. Davis, you have to punish them down low. You, It's your job to get the guys fired up. Yes, the guys have to, to be fired up as well, but we settled for way too many perimeter shots. There was way too much isolation and not enough. There's just not enough strategy. Like you said, they were hedging the ball handler so hard. Somebody was open. Mm-hmm. Let's make that pass. And it comes to a question I have. Is Stotts telling them to not look for the open man? Or is the players not looking for the open man? It's the question. Is our team not the smartest? Or is it our coach not telling the players what to do? Like, you saw a pick and pop with Boogie Cousins, who was hot in the third quarter. 
we did not cover until the fourth quarter when it really mattered. Once he made two or three, it's pretty. It's time to guard him. I remember Kevin Love breaking the record for points at a quarter off that play. We're not very good at defending it, but I don't know if it's Stott saying we can leave the shooter open or it's the four not covering the three-point shooter. Well, Boogie had it on automatic for a while there. Mm-hmm. He had 39 points to go along with 13 boards. And remember, this is the same player that had a career-high 50-plus against Portland in Sacramento last season. Mm-hmm. Stott's... And we saw last last game again against the Bucks. He refused to send help against the Greek Freak. So, I, I think Stotts is who who we who we think he is. Um, I don't think he's going to change. Unfortunately, I don't think there's a better candidate out there right now. So I'm not you know on the the there's by no means it's fire Stotts, but at the same time I'm not super satisfied with him right now. And I think this is a talented team. They are hungry. We just need to. Play smart. It's just it's simple plays. It's it's simple fixes. That ten point victory was a little bit um, misleading. Absolutely. It could have been. It was a lot closer. It was a one point game with like two minutes to go. It, it really should have been a twenty point blowout. It should have been Absolutely. handled easy. Absolutely. When when the best player on the team is out, good teams attack. We played to their level. Yeah. All right. Well, we've definitely harped on. The Blazers. Let's talk about some of the positives from tonight. And there were some positives. Um, the the bench once again showing made a strong showing. Uh, Ed Davis has looked great this season. He's uh, active. He's you know and he's doing all the things he did two seasons ago. I think we kind of forgot about him last year because he was injured. Um, but he, you know he looked confident. Um, and so I was really impressed with with Ed Davis. And obviously you know twelve points, ten rebounds in twenty one minutes. I mean that those are Great numbers, shot 50%, um, and played good defense uh, against Cousins for the most part. I mean, he's he's a slender guy, so he got pushed around a little bit underneath, but uh, but definitely played Cousins on the perimeter very well. So I was impressed with, with Ed Davis, obviously. I thought Myers actually played really well. Mm-hmm. He came in in a tough spot. Nurk gets, Nurk gets 3,000 the first like six minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. He already knows the one wrong thing he does, he's getting booed. Comes mm-hmm. in, makes a nice... 10-foot push shot. They leave him open. He hits a three. He doesn't get any extra run after that, but I felt his production in short stints is really what he's going to have to do if he's going to see the floor. He's almost like the equivalent of a pinch hitter in baseball. He's going to get a quick opportunity, so he has to make the most of it. I really thought Connaughton played well. He struggled defensively simply just because he's not quick enough to handle a guy like Drew Holiday, but... He showed he can he can hit some shots. He was three of eight, which isn't great, but they were all strong looks. And I Swan again, he is so patient around the rim. He is what I want Nurk to become mm. in the sense of use use that pump fake. Just just go up, be be smart, and let them make the mistake. And then you're right there. So he played really well. Turner first half Turner great. Second half Turner could not throw it in the ocean. So that's just going to be a struggle. I think for 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 Turner just on a, a, a game by game basis, he's going to be a roller coaster player, but he does provide a lot of positive aspects for this team. And I guess overall, I mean, the bench saved us tonight. I mean, we're not going to win a lot of games. Actually, I will. We will not win another game if Damon CJ shoot that poorly. Mo Harkless goes over five, yeah. and I mean, Nurkic only takes seven field goal attempts. Yeah, uh, 
talking about the bench, I thought Myers came in and looked he looked confident. I and mean, maybe it was just the pressure was off him. I think sometimes maybe the pressure gets to him, but he looked he went out there and I mean, I think it maybe just started with him bodying up Boogie and he likes to do that. Uh, you know, I think he really likes the defending the guys that get into him a little mm-hmm. bit and then he can get in a little bit back and um but he looked yeah, in his limited time he looked I thought he looked good. I wanted to, him to get a little bit more run. And then I thought Pat too uh just looked very confident in what he was doing and that was you know that's been so surprising to me because he had such a uh, uh, underwhelming summer league I thought you know this is the Pat's chance to shine he's kind of going to be the focal point I don't think he is a focal point guy but I think he you know he so far this season he looks like a good guy to come off the bench give you a few points hit hit some open threes and you know if that's all he ever does for us I'm okay with that that's you know on this team that's kind of something that we need especially with Alan Crabb being gone but uh, oh, I, I want to talk about the Meyer strat of playing him. I think that was 100% to get into Boogie's head. One thing I've noticed is he goes nuclear in the first quarter and then gets pissed off because he either gets fouled and they don't call him because he's so big that he can't flop or, you know, the teammate misses or something like that. So in the second quarter when they put Myers in, I think it was just to mess with Boogie just a little bit. Because the mind games with Boogie, if you watch the Warriors-Pelicans game, Draymond got in his head, and he did not play the same way he did in that first quarter. I think what teams need to do is try and frustrate him. And I think Myers is the perfect guy to frustrate Boogie Cousins. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And Myers does... He's had a couple of good games against Cousins. He's never going to be the boogie stopper. I mean, there's no such thing. But when we have Vonley out of the game, Nurkic with three fouls, he's really the, the last line of defense mm-hmm. right there. Um, what was your, your play of the game? I mean, I, I've got mine, but I want to know if it's the same as both of yours. Hmm. I think the biggest, I think the dopest move was when it was a pick and roll with Drew and... Check Diallo and Caleb on some help jumped and stopped that poster from being. Yeah, you, you stole mine. The, well, I mean, it was like the most action packed play of the game. And because Swanigan's not known for his defense, so to see him utilize his wingspan and stop a poster from being happening, um, and it was great because. And Check's athletic. It was right after Check blocked Dame out of nowhere. It was a great block by, by Diallo, and he just got, you know, his medicine served right back to him. Um, you know, you said that CJ shot poorly. Uh, I was actually surprised to look at the stats and be like, oh, well, CJ actually ended up seven for 15 from the floor and four or five from three. And, uh, I felt like he, you know, he really did step up in the fourth quarter. Um, and so I think that that little stretch for me, uh, where he went off, uh, and hit those threes, uh, they just looked so out of it the whole first three, three quarters, I think that, you know, I, I didn't even realize that CJ, you know, I looked up and I thought, oh, he got, you know, he did end up getting points. And obviously he made some big plays down the stretch. We don't win that game if CJ doesn't wake up. Uh, and so uh, I do have to give him some props. He, you know, as disinterested in the game as they seemed in the first three quarters, uh, he did really turn it on at the end. And, and I hope that everything is okay with Dame. Uh, you know, someone said maybe he was sick. Yeah, that's a possibility. Maybe he was sick. Maybe he just had an off night. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he just wasn't able to turn on. But thankfully, CJ was. And 
we were able to to pull out the victory uh, thanks to the bench and and some late offense from Siege. So speaking of Dame, we have a, a fan question from uh, Madame Ocasia, who I've known from my days with the Blazers, so longtime listener. Um, she wants to know what was up with Dame tonight. Was the Nola defense that good, or was there something else going on? Well, I think Nola's defense is top five in the league, but I think it was a combination of both. Having Drew Holiday, Ian Clark, each one more running at you is going to make life more difficult than let's just pick the Phoenix Suns as an example with uh, Tyler Eulis and Devin Booker. So that definitely affected it, but there were some shots he should have made. There were some times that the switch didn't happen, and he should have punished the Pelicans for their bad defense, and it just clanked out. Sometimes you aren't as hot from three as you'd like. It might be that day, that day he wasn't as hot. But he made a lot. Of, he made some bad decisions too. Threw some bad passes that were just just head scratchers. You're like, mm-hmm. what? Yeah, what made you think that? But you know what? You're gonna have nights like that. Uh, I love Dame, and uh, he just. But if there's one knock on him, it seems that seems to be fairly consistent. Is that when you throw a really good defender at him, uh, when when he's going against the Patrick Beverleys, uh, Chris Paul really seems to be able to do it to him. Uh, they just seem to really have the ability to take him out of his game. And mm. I, I think he just gets uncomfortable or, and, and he just kind of then withdraws from the game, I feel like. And, um, and then I think towards the end of the game, he just felt like, okay, oh, now I got to do it. I got to turn it on. I got to be, it's got to be Lillard time. And so I think that's why he made some, took some of those bad shots too, is just, uh, he gets frustrated. He thinks, okay, this has got to be the time. And, and then he forces it a little bit. Um, but he just, yeah, seems to sometimes he gets bothered by really good defense, and I think he just seems to lose himself a little bit. I think he torches Beverly though. I think just because of the Houston, the Houston, yeah, the he, narrative of the and Pat Chris, Beverly and being top five. Chris Paul used to give him some trouble. I think that series against the Clippers after I think Game Three and Game Four, Dame was like, okay, mm. I can get past that. But mm-hmm. I just think he struggles when defense is key in on him by sending the double and they trap him. Yeah, I mean, Bug coming after him, check Diallo. And when you don't have shooters surrounding him, they're mm-hmm. going to continue to do that. Um, and so then Dame's not able to get clean looks. He's having to feel like any any sense of daylight, that's a good shot, and he's trying to pull it as soon as he can. So it's, I think it's a combination of great strategy by Alvin Gentry. No, let, let's let's get it straight. It's Darren Ehrman, not Alvin Gentry. Darren Ehrman is Sage, the guy that constructed Sage, the, the, nobody... the. I I know that nobody cares about uh, uh, assistant coaches like I do, but I'm going to give credit where the credit do, credit is due. It is Darren Ehrman with the defensive strat and uh, Chris Finch with the offensive strat for the Pelicans. It's Alvin Gentry and the assistant coaches, bud. <laughs> nobody nope. else is going to know that. Well. That's why we have a podcast, so I can tell my weird fascination with certain uh, assistant coaches in this league. The Sage, enlightening listeners with his assistant coach stats. Well, I actually have a question. Okay. Who do you think is the more talented player at getting buckets? I, I don't care about getting other people involved. Who's more talented, CJ or Dame? Just straight, I mean, just straight, but as like an offensive score, who is more? Is, is, you're asking after the wrong game. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it's 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 Damian Lillard, really. And I'll tell you why. 
the dude got the easiest 59 points I've ever seen somebody get against the Jazz. He has the capability of putting teams on his back when defenses are keying in on him. Now, who has the better handle? CJ McCollum. He's He's got the hesitation. He's got the herky-jerky. He makes tough shots. And CJ is a bucket getter. Mm. I mean, he is amazing. Don't get me wrong. It is very close. It, it's I'm close. going CJ, actually. I, Just with the percentage. I know that's not real basketball, but like his ability to shoot from three middies. I'm going CJ for the most talented offensive player just getting buckets. I think Dame is better at getting others involved, clearly. I think Dame's done it longer. I think he's done it on bigger stages. And I I think there's a reason Dame is a superstar. I think Dame Lillard's better at getting to the bucket. Um, CJ's getting... He he impressed me a lot last year. He got much better at it. Um, But I still think sometimes, sometimes Dame gets to the basket. And I'm just like, how did he even get that shot off? let alone get it to go in and he has you know it's very close they have you know in a lot of ways they have very similar games and they each have their own styles but i would say that cj is the better shooter like he is he just seems to be a bit more consistent from three and the percentages would tell you that he's better from a little bit better from three and his mid-range game uh when it's on man it is a thing of absolute beauty cash Mm mm-hmm any more fan questions? Or we? No, I think we we got our fans. I think we got this one wrapped up. But before we go, Matt, what we didn't get your season prediction. Where do you see the Blazers ending up in the West, and how many wins are, are they going to take on? And you can make that judgment after four games as well. Yeah. Um, honestly, yeah, it would have been different if you asked me four games ago. Uh, the first the first four games have been. I mean, this one. Not included, but we, we got a gritty win tonight, so I'm not gonna gonna poo poo it too much. Um, I was very worried coming into this season that it would be just like the last two seasons. We'd have a really slow start, and we'd have to claw our way, you know, into the the playoff race towards the end or climb our way up the ladder. Um, I, I'm hoping that tonight's not a start of a new trend. That it continues that we are gonna play well, play with passion throughout the beginning of the season, um, and if and. Uh, we have a, a very similar team to what we had last year. We only lost Crab really as, as our own key rotation piece. So I think we know who we are, uh, and we got a lot of confidence with Nurkic coming in towards the end of the year last year. We played well at the end of the season. I'm just hoping that that carries on, and I'm gonna I'm predicting a 50 win season. What seed in the West? Uh, I think the 50 wins probably gets us the I'll say the four seed. Um, but probably four or five, and and that might be optimistic. I have us at four as well. So okay. I guess I'm the poo-pooer at six, but we're still making the playoffs. Hey, hey. everyone says we're, we're making the playoffs here, no, so don't do uh, that. there's some optimism out here uh, in in the old PDX, and and I don't know. It feels good. It feels like it's not tonight, notwithstanding. It feels like we've got a got a good shot here in a very very contentious Western Conference. You know, we still have nine of our next ten at home. Mm-hmm. It's time to take care of business and. We've been taking care of business on this pod for for about three years now. So if, if you like what you're hearing, you know, give us that five star rating. Uh, subscribe to the show. You can find us on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Google Play at Holy Backboard PDX. We're also on social at Holy Backboard on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Sage, any final thoughts, my friend? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, your cat loves my feet first and foremost, but um. Well, well, Bassie's pretty turnt already. He knows he's getting. I have to say this quietly so he doesn't get too excited. Fancy feast tomorrow after the Blazer victory, so he he's in a good mood right now. So um, I just want to. I want to say, 
check out in the next few weeks. We got a lot of new content coming. I know I've been saying this, but developing shows is a pain in the ass. So check out for our journey and check out for the uh, video game podcast, The Chill Factor with my homie Lord Iceman at ATL. And lastly, shout out to Tara. It oh, was yeah. it was great meeting Tara after that Blazer victory. Both, she's she's the basketball mom. Both rocking our our Evan MTs, and uh, I think that's a, a great way to to send this one home. Uh, Blazers one hundred three ninety three over the Pelicans. Recording immediately after Portland's seventeenth straight home opening victory. Uh, let's get it done Thursday night against the Clippers. Amen to that. Holy backboard.